Hey Saints and Ains, I hope you're well. What it do do? Well, I don't I don't know. Somebody yesterday was telling me about uh, the spray because I, what I thought about was people washing dishes, and then I thought about how uh, Philip and Jasmine was over, and they was talking about spraying the soap on the dishes. Yeah, I remember. What, what made you think about that right now? Because I thought about how what people might be doing while they're listening to this. Not people gotcha. watching, but people listening. Listening. That they, they might be washing dishes. Right. And then I thought about what kind of dish soap they're using. You actually don't like washing dishes. You like the dishwasher. Yeah. Why is that? I just feel like people who wash dishes with a dishwasher next to them is a little like crazy. You talking about me? I wasn't going to say you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like you can actually just put the dishes in the thing and then just put the little pod in and close it. And this is my problem. Be- Jackie likes sitting there. One, no, two. I'm quick with now it. Now let's though. do all the forks. It's efficient. It's like this is my problem. When y'all use the dishwasher, you low key gotta wash the dishes before you put them in the dishwasher. True. Yes, it is. You gotta turn on the water. You gotta rinse it off. If you got stuff with crust on it, you gotta clean that. And nope. that feels like a waste of my time. I don't clean none of that. What I do is I put them in there as is, and if they're not clean, a second time will do the job. That's a, that's a, that's why our water bill is so high. Hey, because of you. Yeah, but I got time to do other things. Let's get into this um, this topic. What, what are we, we talking about? I'm gonna ask you. What are we talking about? Uh, when friends leave the faith, or when people leave the faith. So, if someone were to say, let's say someone's listening to this podcast. And they are not familiar with even Christian verbiage because that's what that is. Yeah. How would you explain what that is? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. So when s- someone who have had a public declaration of them serving the Lord Jesus Christ and them repenting of their sin and becoming a, a, a Christian, becoming a, someone who follows Jesus. And then later on, they say, you know what, this decision um, that I've made to follow Jesus I realized that it was maybe the wrong decision. It's something that I don't want to do anymore. And I'm choosing to be someone who doesn't follow God or God, or maybe they decided to follow another God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what someone leaving the faith means. You know what? I think um, in recent years, I've experienced this more, whether in my own relationships or just honestly, just like on Twitter. And Facebook and stuff like yeah. seeing, you know, public figures or whatever uh, denounce the Christian faith they once confessed. Yeah. And it's interesting to me because I'm always really intrigued by what what motivated them to do that, because yeah. there's so many different reasons. You yeah. got people who are just disenchanted with the church, uh, with evangelicalism or whatever. You got people who might have been. Um, introduced to an alter- alternative teaching. So even like people who, like Hebrew Israelism, most of them came out of church. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they're like, uh-uh, I found a, a, a better teaching. And so that's a leaving of the faith. And so I don't know, what, I guess what are some of the reasons you've heard people give for why they no longer want to be Christian? Yeah, I think it's this idea floating around or this ideology that that that's teaching people out there that Christianity is oppressive. Okay. That, 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 um, that serving Jesus isn't real freedom, but it, 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 it stops you or prevents you of being your true and real self. Mm -hmm. 
And um, I've always, you know, kind of bucked up against that, I, I believe, lie. Yeah. Because I think that um, in a lot of ways, and this, is, this, isn't, this, isn't, this isn't just to make like a blanket statement, because I think in every, in every case it can be different, right? And so I, I want to just first preface it by saying that. But, but I do think that um, there comes a time when Jesus causes us to choose hmm. between him and the things that our hearts hearts desire and i think that if you find yourself in a wrong crowd that can articulate things in a in a in a in a in a good way they could convince you that no what you're denying about yourself is actually oppressing you hmm. instead of no like you dying for something or you or you or you're letting something go for something better mm-hmm. right and so i think I think a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people buy into this lie that serving Jesus um, is holding me down. Yeah. Um, which is, I just, I just think it's a lie from the devil, to be frank. I, yeah, because that's the first lie uh, in, in the garden, you know, is that, hey, there is more out there for me to have. Yeah. One is that tree he told me not to have. That got knowledge in it. Yeah of good and evil, so I'm going to need that. Yeah. And so I have to disobey you to get uh, what's off limits. Because Eve was like, yo, like, he, she was convinced, or she, you know, by listening to the devil, like, why wouldn't I want to eat this? To, yeah, it's to, good for to, food. To, 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 to be like God, you know? Because um, he said so. And, and God said no. Which is a part of the underlying um, belief system that leads people to rebel is an attempt to be free in the same way that God is. Mm-hmm. We want to be independent of everything, all boundaries, all rules, all uh, constraints. But that's not possible simply because we're human. Mm-hmm. You will always be bound and constrained by something. Yeah. The question must be, is it a good thing? That's, right? whew, that's and, a word. Like, so to be like, either you're a slave to righteousness or you're a slave to sin. Yeah. In both contexts, you're a slave. Yeah, right. But one leads to life and one leads to death. Yeah. And so it's, it's all a, a, yeah. a thing. One of my favorite parables, and it probably shouldn't be my favorite because it's like, why is it? Is the parable of the sower. Mm-hmm. And I want to read it out loud. I don't, I don't want to par- paraphrase this because I think it's, it's helpful. Let me scroll on over. All right. So I'm going to read Jesus's explanation. This in Matthew. Matthew 13, and this speaks to our conversation. He says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word Mm. and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. Somebody Mm. say a while. A while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understand it and he indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold and another 60 and another 30. Mm. And I, I like this parable because to me, it gives a lot of context to the inner, like the outward I guess stressors 
on people who receive the word yeah. and how that impacts them differently and how they respond. Yeah, like, they so, both so, hear the word with two different responses. Well, it's it's four scenarios. Yeah, yeah, four scenarios. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we, we everybody doesn't respond in the same way when they hear the word. When I read it, what were you thinking? I think what, what I was thinking is there are some people who hear the word of God and I heard somebody say something. It made me think about this quote. I forget who said it, but it was um, they, they said something along the lines of um, if you have been called out of darkness, the more you hear about God makes you love him more. Um, but if you are still in darkness, the more you hear about God makes you run from him more. Yikes. Um, and so. I think that's the first thing that I thought about, because I think. Huh. If you are a new creature, right, the more you are confronted with this great and loving God, it's going to make you love and be drawn to him more. But if you haven't really wrestled with your sin or really felt the weight of your sin or if you just grew up in Christianity or grew up in a Christian home and did things out of duty, the more hearing about God is going to feel like a burden to you. Yeah, It's going to feel like a weight. It's going to feel, you know... Um, and, and, and so I, that kind of bring me to something else that I want to say. Like, I think that when someone walks away from the faith, I do think that it should be a great level of compassion for someone because either they're, they walked away for a short, short time. And, and I believe if they belong to the Lord, the Lord is going to draw them back to They'll himself, yeah. th their return. But for the person who, who's kind of like, you know, live this life pretending or not really sure if they belong to the Lord and they really didn't, you have to think about how stressful and how burdensome that, that was for that person Yeah, to try to live a life that's impossible to live apart from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right. And so I think, I think it should draw us to compassion and we shouldn't be judgmental, but we know how hard it is to serve the Lord with the Holy Spirit. I want to I want to emphasize some something you said cuz you just said a lot. Yeah. Um which is that there are some people who have grown up in Christian contexts and have consistently received the word. The seed was planted, yeah. right? And they received the word with gladness. They went to church with you. They went to Bible study with you. Yeah. They might have had a ministry. Uh they worship, they lift their hands. Yet they end up, quote unquote, falling away, which is disorienting mm -hmm. because you have memories of yeah. them doing the same thing that you did as a Christian. But the question has to be asked is, did the seed sink into the soil? Mm. You know, because just because you were in, in ministry doesn't mean you were actually bearing fruit. Just because you were talking about God doesn't mean you were actually bearing fruit. So there are some people who we have described as falling away, but they were never in, they were never a part of the fold anyway. Yeah. But then there's also the, 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 the wisdom that says they could still be. Yeah. They're just not committed now. You're going to like, cause I feel like it's easy to be like, Oh, they fell away. They were never saved. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But real, we, we actually we don't, know. don't know that. Because we try to low-key play God <laughs> when somebody walks away. Because like, we like putting people in categories. Yeah, and I, th I, I think cer certain camps do it more than others, 
camps oh, for in, sure in in, in christendom <laughs> we're not gonna go there uh-huh. but it's like oh they walked away they were never with us mm-hmm. and it's like no that's not you really um trying to stay committed to scripture that's you rooted in tribalism mm-hmm. and so you feel this anger like they portrayed you and you're not really concerned about their soul in the first place. And so that's a whole nother topic. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that there is a self-righteousness there when somebody walks away from the faith and it's like, no, nah, like the reality is it's like, you don't really know. No, we don't. If they belong to the Lord, like you don't know what God has done in their heart, you know, like, and we don't know. So we can, we can speculate. We can, we can have questions, you know, but I think the, 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 the best thing to do is, is to pray, yeah. you know? Um, and, and then to, again, my other brain is like, but can you know though? Cause I mean, John says, you know, those who have been born of God will not continue in sin. Uh, even Paul in, in Hebrews talks about those who are, what's the word? When someone rejects the faith, it starts with an A. Uh, a yeah you know what i'm talking about ken apostate yes no oh, okay he he talks about that like right. like people who were around mm-hmm. uh the christian faith around the spirit of god like all this type of stuff and how like it's kind of like all bad for them got it so, yeah, yeah yeah so in in on one end I, I i wonder if someone legitimately walking away and not being a believer is actually discernible I just think that it takes humility and patience and Holy Spirit driven wisdom to be able to come to those kinds of conclusions because a lot of times we are making conclusions about people standing with God and we don't even have a relationship with them to discern correctly. Absolutely. Which I want to talk about that, but I want to just say, even when you just brought up the scripture about, you know, those who belong to God, they cannot continue in sin. It's not our job to, to know how long they're continuing in sin lasts. Right. Because, I think we can say, oh, he, he walked away two years ago. He's mm. definitely not a believer. God might draw him back in his 40s when he left God in his 20s. You know what I'm saying? We don't know. Um, but I, So I think the, the thing that God wants us to do the most, I, I will emphasize this a lot in this podcast, is to pray. Yeah. <laughs> it's really to pray. You know what I'm saying? But, I, but so what you just said, I think that um, social media makes a, things just difficult. Yeah, it's not it's not real life. Yeah, it's not real life and yeah. it's not a place where we can rightfully judge or even have the close proximity enough to see why somebody walked away from the faith because we've had friends and we've had people who walked away from the faith and it was very public and the way people dealt with it on social media it's like this I know we are a part of a larger community, a global community of the body of Christ. But a lot of the way in which we deal with people who walk away from 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 the Lord online is really how we're supposed to deal with people walking away from Christ in our local context. Maybe. Well, I'm, I'm meaning. Okay. I, I mean, I get what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. The confrontation element. The confrontation, even in the local context, I don't think the confrontation confrontation should be that that way. I it, think that you know, yes. we should allow the elders to walk through. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. But I just think that a lot of times we see tribalism and we see arrogance and we see um people feeling like they have to play someone's holy spirit uh-huh. to um to try to like convict someone of their sin and yeah. like and it's like no really what you're just doing is just revealing your lack of trust in god and his sovereignty by you attacking someone or trying to like you know, yeah it's a, it's a wisdom principle
Yeah, it's a, it's a wisdom principle. Yeah. Because uh, I, re- I remember one time there was somebody that I follow on Twitter who once, uh, you know, identified as Christian and no longer does. And I was looking at uh, a tweet they made. And underneath the tweet, this person just kept posting all these scriptures. You know what I'm saying? Like, repent and believe and da-da-da and da-da-da. Yeah. And I was like, you do realize that they they know that scripture. Right. And that they most likely actually wrestled with that scripture yeah. and came to the conclusion that they don't believe that scripture. Right. And so is posting this scripture actually the wisest method to convince them of it? Yeah. And so I just I just I feel like there takes some wisdom and some nuance and just understanding humans, because one thing that Christians can be really bad at is the art of persuasion. Mm-hmm. They don't know it. Yeah. And so you think, oh, I'm going to just yell a passage and as if that's persuasive. Yeah. No. Right. When you read Paul, one of one thing that Paul was really good at was re- using rhetorical devices to persuade people towards the truth. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like what if the method isn't to just like abuse people with the text, but to say, man, how are you today? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need anything? Yeah. Like taking care of people's, not just their soul, but their person. Yeah. I I think that would go a long way, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Which which kind of like, that's really good. And I think I feel kind of inclined to encourage people who actually have people in their life who have walked away from the faith or in the future might walk away from the faith. Um, because I know it can be a hurtful thing, especially if you love someone and oh, you see it's, them. It's, sad. it's you know, I, I I I do think that there is a level of lament that needs to happen, right? You need to be sad. You need to grieving is not a bad thing. Yeah. But I think a lot of times people have this question: How do I deal with it? Uh-huh. You know. And I think we 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 fall into this thing of like overthinking. <laughs> And hmm. and not treating someone like a human made in the image of God just because they're not a part of the faith that we are a part of. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, I think the best thing that we can do when somebody walks away from the faith who's closer to us, who's close to us, is making sure that we remain an open door. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think when someone. Walks How do you away, do that? Yeah, I, I, that's a good question. So I think I think when somebody walks away from the faith. We're sad, right? And I, I and we have all of these emotions. But I, I think the one way we can be an open door is not necessarily withholding truth from them, but praying God, praying to God of when we share that truth. Because you have to understand when somebody walks away from the faith, they automatically expect Christians to evangelize again, evangelize <laughs> to them, but they don't expect Christians to treat them normal, huh. right? And so I do feel like. In our wisdom, right? Wisdom says, "No, let me let me treat this person like I wasn't their friend or wasn't their buddy just because they were a Christian, mm. but I was their friend because I like their personality. Mm. We like the same things. We mm. talk about basketball, and I don't always have to evangelize to you every single time you come in my presence. Yeah. Right? I don't always have to try to give you the gospel or force scriptures down you. Mm-hmm. No, but we can sit down and we can talk about politics mm. or sports, or we can enjoy a meal mm-hmm. with not even me bringing up the truth that I already know you heard a million times in your life. Yeah. And so I think what happens when we remain an open door like that and when we remain a safe space we we actually create more opportunities 
in the future for that person to say, man, if I do have some questions about God, yeah. I know I have a person who, who doesn't make me feel like I'm just the worst sinner every time I'm in their presence or the worst, you know, atheist when I'm in their presence who I can come to and talk to. And I think that's what wisdom does. I think the, to be a, the devil's advocate, pun intended, um, there's also the reality, though, that when some people are in certain spaces, you know, where their heart is hard and they're resistant to the truth, uh, they will feel bad and they will feel shame to the point that they don't even want to be around you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's so the thing. that's also a, a hard thing to wrestle with is when someone who was your friend falls away um, and distances themselves from you because of what you represent and who you remind them of. Yeah. And so I think it takes kind of some, some prayer with God and some kind of getting outside of yourself to not feel like you're the problem or perhaps you are but i don't know you get what i'm saying right like yeah. no that's like true. you that's can true. you can try your best to be an open door but the reality is is if you represent truth truth is they're not offensive gonna walk, they're not gonna walk yeah without you even speaking yeah just you being you you that's, being christian and you're saying no to sin that's what i tell people all the time <laughs> we don't have to be more offensive because the gospel is offensive enough yeah Right. And so don't add on to the offense. It's like your lifestyle should convict people of their sin way more than your words do. And I think a lot of times we try to convict people of their sin who walk away from the faith because our life ain't going to do it. Right. It's like, no, like 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 if you if you live your life the way God is calling you to live, I think that sometimes what's going to happen naturally, that either two things are going to happen. The person who walked away from the faith, they're going to eventually see that you're a safe space, see that you're a wise person who's not going to always throw the gospel down their throat every time you see them. And if they have questions about God, you're going to be the first person they talk to. Or they're going to say, man, this person's life, it's so different from mine. I don't want to be around them acting holy or not gossiping about people or not doing these things that I that I once did. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna you know refrain from being their friend. I'm gonna distance myself away from them, which can be a, a hurtful thing. But I I do think that even when those people you know stray away from you, which can be a hurtful thing, and don't want to be your friend no more, I think that if God in His sovereignty ever draws them back. That if you were a person that didn't attack them as soon as they walked away from the faith, you'll be the first first person they probably call when they when they want to you yeah. know talk about the Lord. And so um, I don't know. I just think that I, maybe it's the evangelistic no yeah, yeah thing in me, but I think that's the best way to handle it. I want to talk about the parable of the sower again because I guess the inner motivations that tempt people towards leaving Jesus, like we talked about in the beginning, how like, you know, Jesus said that those who, there are those who hear the word and immediately receive it with joy, but yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises, immediately he falls away. Hmm. But then he also says, you know, there are those who uh, the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke out the word. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, man, he, he's saying that there are, 
there are people who will be tempted to fall away or will fall away because of suffering. Mm -hmm. And there are people who will be tempted to fall away or do fall away because of worldliness. Mm -hmm. Um, Yet, I think whether it's social media or conversations you might have with your friends, those are not the answers that they will give you for why they fell away. Mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah usually they'll attack some type of doctrine so or or the existence of god or uh the uh, the, the, the bible is a white supremacist book yeah they won't actually say you know what i just want to have sex with whoever i want yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. and so I, I i bring that up because i've found that a really helpful way to discuss or get to the root of problems, not get to the root, but like to chat, chat it up with your friends that are like, want to leave the faith is to like, not focus on the verbiage they communicate, but the potential idol that is brewing underneath it. Yeah. Right. So if it's, if you get what I'm saying, that yes. make sense. Yes. Yes. So not, not dealing with the, uh, deal with the root problems and not the manifestations like not not yeah so you're an apologist right right you got people who will like let's say we even talk about black african spirituality you got people that think oh i just need to argue the 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 sufficiency of scripture Mm -hmm. or i need to argue the atonement and maybe you do but perhaps in the conversation what you could actually hear is hurt is hurt Mm -hmm. and trauma or exhaustion yeah. Right. And so how can we not be distracted by these surface arguments and actually get to the root of the problem? Yeah, because I think you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because I think the Bible I think when we when, if we look at the Bible only as an instruction book to how to live for righteous righteousness, but not as a as a as a book that teaches us how to feel and mourn with those who mourn. Mm. And to and to and to be compassionate with others, I think that we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna say the word says this. You should do that. Yes. And it's like no, like like no, the 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 word is centered around this man who became flesh and lived amongst people and cried with people and mourned with people and you know and yeah and and met people where they where, where they at and so like it's not just some instruction book but it's a way of how to live life like mm-hmm. and is and this man teaches us how to mm-hmm. live life jesus teaches us how to how to be compassionate and so i think that if we look at it like oh the word says this you should do that and think just us merely shouting out scripture is going to change someone mm-hmm. I just don't like no like the Bible just doesn't teach us how to have right doctrine, but it teaches us how to live out that doctrine mm-hmm. with others. And so I think, man, when people walk away from the faith, it's hard. But I think that man, like trying to understand why, mm-hmm. or trying to understand what drove them to leave the faith, mm-hmm. or trying to be the opposite of what they seen that made them leave the faith. How we how we truly try to do that? Mm-hmm. Like how how we how we truly try to be. Um, the opposite of what they received, you know what I'm saying? That the opposite of why they feel this hurt in the first place. What the Bible compels us to do is to is to be compassionate. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and have love. That's you know true. what I'm saying? Uh, I guess I thought about how we're kind of in this like, you know, deconstruction is the most popular word, right? Mm-hmm. And how people are really afraid of people deconstructing because they're afraid that they will fall away from the faith, or you have people who don't. They haven't even said that they're not rocking with Jesus no more, but they are questioning a lot of their beliefs that they Mm -hmm. were raised. And I think if you're a friend of this person or a pastor or a family member, Christians get really afraid 
And so they, 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 they just like, they don't, they don't want their people to leave Jesus. But I think what I'm starting to, to understand is that some people need to go to that place. Some people need to go to that place where they ask really hard questions about what they believe about the Bible, about God, about gender, about sex, about marriage, because some people that are deconstructing, they're just trying to believe in something real. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. some, some people have to tear down stuff to build it back up again on a foundation that's solid and a foundation that they want to stand on. Cause you've got a lot of saints that grew up in the church and they just believe what was taught, but they never actually processed through it. You know what so, I'm saying? Let me ask you this though, with in deconstructing your faith. I wouldn't say deconstructing my faith. I say deconstructing. Or decon- in deconstructing, right? Yeah. Where's the balance of, of having Christians around you who can who can be a counter voice, right? Like, cause I, cause I've seen, cause I've seen two things. I've seen people deconstruct what they believe, but only surround themselves around people who don't believe in Jesus, right? And so, and I've seen people deconstruct. And, but I'm but not even, I'm not even speaking to the people that are deconstructing. I'm speaking to the people that are around those that are deconstructing because you cannot control how they choose to do it. Right. That's what I'm saying. But, but I guess my question is, and I don't know, is it a healthy way? What is the is it is it is it a healthy way to deconstruct and what does it look like? Yes, there's a healthy way. But again, I can't impose the healthy way on nobody I because there are some people that might do it in an unhealthy way and still come out good. Yeah. And so, sure, do it in community. Sure, do it with humility. Sure, do it begging God to keep you in your right mind. Sure, pray, pray that God will help you. But at the end of the day, I don't have control over how somebody chooses to process their faith. All I can do is pray that even if they go through hell and high water, believe all kinds of progressive and liberal and ratchet and terrible ideas, that at the end of the day, God will be faithful enough to get them through that where it actually works out for their good and the good of the church. That's really good. That's what I'm saying. That's really good. But I was only asking because I think there's somebody who might be listening who doesn't really know how to deconstruct their faith in a healthy way and they've probably had that question and nobody's ever ever told them how to do it and so i do think that for those who have the question it's like i don't know how to deconstruct you know in a, in a healthy way and i think all the things that you just said even though we cannot force people to do that but for the ones who want to know how to do it yeah. i think that we should I th- that, I as think, the church we should i don't think do anybody it. should be afraid anybody should be afraid of asking hard questions of the bible because it's a lot in there you got genocide, you got rape, you got uh, <laughs> Sodom and Gomorrah, yeah. Tamar, you got uh, in numbers where the people come up to the dude's house and rape his wife and he cuts her into 12 pieces and sends it all over to, to different tribes. You got Job who, uh, not Job, you have, uh, what's his name? Lots, uh, Lot, Lot, who yeah. they come knock on the door and he's like, nah, you can have yeah. my daughters. Yeah. It's a lot of troubling things in the Bible. God told his wife not to look back. She looked back and was like, you're a pillar of salt. You and know what I'm like, God is not afraid of your questions. Yeah. The, so the, but you it, also have, I'm sorry, not to cut you off, but you also have people who, um, who love science. And sometimes science is a big thing that draws people, especially people who, um, who lean 
more towards their intellect, you know what I'm saying? And, and they're deep thinkers. They can start thinking about um, how evidence shows that the world is a certain age and how that contradicts with the Bible and how the flood didn't really exist and how when you get into like scientific things like the uniformity in nature and laws of logic and induction and all of these things, I think people walk away from the faith for not even issues that they have with the Bible, but outside things, you know what I'm saying? And so but, I think... But with that, the the the... We can try to be critical about the process when the process is determined by the person's motives. Mm -hmm. And so if you are looking for any reason not to trust God, there are a lot of options for you. Yeah. Right. And so I, I, you could argue them people down, but if you're an idol worshiper, you're going to be an idol worshiper. Yeah. So the, the, I think the, the people have to cultivate a heart of purity and a commitment to find what the truth is. If you really want the truth as revealed in Jesus Christ through his gospel by the power of the spirit, you will find it. Yeah. But if you want to believe lies, you're going to believe them. Yeah. <laughs> and so I But that isn't that isn't always true for certain people because I think some certain certain I, I get that motives saying. aren't at play. Well, I, I I believe that motives are at play, but I do believe that some people have legitimate questions. Now, I do think that that it doesn't it doesn't mean that that their motives aren't 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 at play. I'm just saying that it's 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 two sides to a coin that a lot of times people have legitimate questions and uh, things that they clearly see that they believe is a contradiction to scripture. So they believe that what I believe in about God and the Holy Scriptures has always been a lie because I've studied this and yada, yada, yada. But I think when you dig deep down, I agree with you, that then it's like really your heart really wants to, you know. It's itching ears. It, it's itching ears. Yeah. But I think sometimes the questions can be legitimate. It's, it's, it's when we start to have faith in the things that we learn that, that, that that draws away from away from God more than actually having faith in the in the scriptures, and I believe that a lot of people's questions and a lot of people's beef about the scriptures, or even when they have things about science, is legitimate. And I do think two things can be true at the same time: that our questions and our our doubts about God can be legitimate. But I think that if we take the time to wrestle with it, I think scripture is true. That when when it says that you know we love the things of the of this world, yeah, it draws us away from from God. Yeah, hopefully you, you didn't misinterpret what I was saying because my my issue wasn't even with the questions, but it's the submission to the answers. It's the it's the the kind of answers that your heart wants, which is the problem. Yeah, I, but, I yeah no, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I just think that 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 okay. I, so I think I'm looking at it from. I'm looking at it from like when I evangelize to like agnostics and atheists because it's such that's such a hard pill for atheists to swallow because they don't believe that yes. or somebody who walked away from it's like it's like if they never belong to the Lord right them them suppressing the truth is such a foreign mm -hmm. biblical concept to them because so, it's spiritual it's mm spiritual -hmm. and so the, the corinthians says that a natural man doesn't understand spiritual things for they are spiritually discerned mm -hmm. right and so because of that 
I think what you're saying is right, and I'm not trying to say what you're saying is wrong. I just think that we even have to be careful in how we present that to someone who has walked away from the faith and now is claiming agnosticism or atheism because they don't even have language for that, mm. especially somebody who who believes that there's no God no more, believes that you know the Bible is false. So this is a great thing. So if you are talking some, to somebody who has walked away from the faith uh, and they are atheist, agnostic or whatever, where, they're, 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 where spiritual things sound subjective yeah. and, you know, magical, mystical, how do you, how do you approach them then? Because it, it can't all be logic. We, we have to address the, the human heart. Yeah, I think that you can address the human heart, but not address, because I think to try to, ad- to address the human heart to someone who doesn't have the spirit, spirit of God with with biblical principles it's kind of like so how do you do it i think you address the human heart by showing them what drove them uh, from the lord in the first place i just don't think that we have to use the bible's language a lot of times to explain that because it's like you are you really trying to tell me that i don't believe i i don't believe that science disproves that jesus that jesus doesn't exist or jesus is not god in the flesh i know in my heart they don't understand that no, it's their they they're exchanging the truth for a lie. They don't understand that they're suppressing you know uh, um, you know the truth. They don't understand that concept from a from with biblical language, but they can't understand that no, like your unbelief did not start with logic. Your unbelief started when your mom um, beat you and your father was abusive to you, and God didn't come save you. Right. So you, your, your unbelief started when you cried out to God um, for, you know, um, for somebody to stop molesting you for three years and you felt like he ignored you. Your unbelief started, you know what I'm saying, when, when, when you cried out to God to come rescue you and you felt like he didn't hear you. That, like, I think talking to someone, someone who walked away from the faith or an atheist or an agnostic about that, but to say, no, you're suppressing the truth. It's like, I don't think that that's going to be well received to somebody, even though it's true. I don't think it's just going to be well received and which it shouldn't if they don't believe in the Bible. It's like, I, I just don't believe in trying to like give people biblical language for something that they don't believe. They don't believe in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? And so that's all. I have thoughts. But Tell I'll, me your I'll thoughts. Can... There's a time and a place. There's a time and a place. Yeah, because I, 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 I think with some people, because you, you're talking about contextualization. Yes. Which is, you know, identifying where a person is, what they believe, their framework, worldview, and speaking into that. Um, but I also think that there is sometimes a place for using biblical language and trusting the Holy Spirit to give understanding Absol- to it. Absolutely. So I, 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 I'm not disagreeing. I'm, I'm just saying. Okay. Okay, yeah. So now I'm I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm I'm going to like not retract my statement. I'll, I'll I'll say this. I think when you're trying to draw somebody or lead somebody to the faith, back to the faith or to the faith right. they've never been, I do think that there is a time and a place where you should give them scripture, but you have to be in close proximity enough to be close enough to know when you're supposed to apply the scripture. Yes. Because I think to, for you to sometimes leading with that can be like, okay, mm-hmm. here's another person saying, giving me truth. That mm-hmm. is true. Mm-hmm. I do think that we, we, we suppress the truth in mm-hmm. exchange for, for a lot. Right. 
Um, the Bible is true when it says that, but I, I, I don't think that a lot of times we should leave with that. I think that that being that open door, being in that person's life will one day eventually say, man, okay, we talked about all of this stuff, you know, for the X amount of months. Let me open up the scripture and let me, let me you know, mm-hmm. and they might be in a, in a place to receive the scripture yeah. now because it's coming from a, 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 a person that they trust yeah and so i i do think i'm not saying that we should never give people yeah, the scripture. you're not talking in extremes yeah i'm just saying like i, I think that we have to be wise in when we do it yeah we got it <laughs> see we was disagreeing but we 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 go on the same page now <laughs> this this actually became a real banter yeah or because this is yeah what we would do at home absolutely no. okay to close i am aware of uh, the potential that there are people listening who have either left the faith but still engage with the faithful content mm-hmm. or there are those who are tempted to leave the faith. And so I guess I just want to I want to give an encouragement. And if, if it's on your spirit to do so, you can. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to acknowledge how hard it is to obey God and how hard this world is. Yeah. Like there's a lot of suffering and you got people that have gone through unimaginable things and how that tempts you to to not trust mainly that God is good, that God sees you, that God cares for you, that God uh, wants to and will protect you. And I, I guess my encouragement would be is that may the Holy Spirit give you the power to believe what God says about himself mm-hmm. because the devil loves to use the things that we've gone to as an attempt to make us change our minds about what God has revealed. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you know, if I was sexually abused and God was sovereign, therefore God is good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When God is good or, uh, you get what I'm saying? And so I, I guess my encouragement would be like, I, I just pray that the Holy Spirit will empower you to really believe that God is all that he revealed himself to be, that he is good even when things aren't good, that he is great even when things aren't great, that he is there even when you feel abandoned, that he is present even when you feel rejected, like that that's, that's legitimately reality. And that out of that faith in the person of God, that even as life and its ebbs and its flows and its suffering and all the things that that wouldn't keep you from faith. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Cuz I, I when I think about our ancestors, the 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 like we cannot fathom how traumatic slavery was. Yeah. We cannot fathom it. Oh man. But they stayed faithful. Yeah. A Why? lot of them did. Yeah. Cuz they believe God. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Go ahead. That's really good. I think about um our ancestors um who served the Lord in the midst of that struggle often, which is the reason why I, I, I wrote about it before and put it in poems because um, they had a different type of faith. You know what I'm saying? And um, I think I think one thing which kind of like leads me to my encouragement, one thing that it, that it, that it encourages me and which I, I, I would want to encourage others to know that, man, when, when we see someone struggling with their faith or when we see someone walk away from their faith, I know it can be hurtful. But no, nah, but we have to understand that the same God who has been in control of our life is, in, is He's in control of everything. He's in control of everything, and I, I know sometimes it can it can it can seem outside of our 
our, our, our control. We don't have the power to like convince someone we can feel helpless. Maybe you have a son or a daughter who walked away or whatever. And it's like, no, like, like commit yourself like to, to prayer and commit yourself to, to crying out and, and seeking the Lord because man, God is in control of it all. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that we have to remind ourselves that maybe it sounds like a cliche, but it's, it's so true. Like God is in control and we don't know. We don't know. Only thing that we can do is be faithful, give the gospel and pray. And those who belong to God, God will be faithful to, to, to chastise, to draw back to himself and um, um, bring that person back into his fold. And so um, be hopeful, hope the best, um, be an open door and um, be prayerful. And if it means anything, I just got I got to say this. Remember when Peter, when he denied Jesus three times, three times. Yeah. God knew that was going to happen. God is not surprised by our unfaithfulness Mm. or our unbelief. That's good. But for those who are his, he is at the right hand of the father interceding. For what? That your faith, though it may be tested, will not fail. Yeah. And so, I mean, even if you've walked away from God for a long time, in the same way that Jesus said to Peter, I say to you, when you turn again, strengthen your brothers meaning whatever it is that you learn whatever it is that you went through that is not going to keep you from ministry hello somebody so (laughs) that's it that's a good word bye 30 minutes with the perrys is a production of ivy media podcast edited by angie elkins video recording and audio production by kim powell artwork by hop and music by swoop Join us on Patreon for early access to With the Perry's episodes and other exclusives. You got two options. You can go to www.patreon.com forward slash with the Perry's or just go ahead, scroll. You'll find the link in our show notes. We are the Perry's. Thank y'all for listening. Now go with God. Go with God.